You're listening to InfoTrack. To learn more about our guests or listen to past shows, visit InfoTrack online at InfoTrackRadio.com. Once again, here's Chris Whitting. How can workplaces be more inclusive and welcoming for the disabled? Here with the story, InfoTrack's Gina Tedesco. Gina? Thanks, Chris. One in four Americans in the United States has a disability, according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. But data from the Brookings Institution says only four in ten disabled adults of working age have a job. That's about half the employment rate of all prime-age adults. So now, a prominent advocate for the disabled has authored Win, 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 the 18 inclusion-isms you need to become a disability-confident employer. Tova Sherman joins us now. Tova, first, I suppose some employers only consider disabilities that are obvious, like blindness. But tell us some of the less obvious conditions that we should all acknowledge as disabilities. Well, when I speak to the term disability, I really do include five categories of disability. So the one that we are most comfortable with, you'll find, is physical. We see someone who uses a wheelchair or perhaps crutches or a walker. We understand there's some physical limitations, and it's something we don't have necessarily a big concern about other than ensuring that we have a space they can access. On the other hand, there's also sensory disability, which you touched on, any kind of sense. So that would be hearing, sight, taste, smell. Of course, we have mental health illnesses and invisible, something you can't see, Crohn's, colitis, cancer. We don't see these things, HIV, but I can assure you they cause issues. And finally, I left cognitive for last because it is in fact the single largest disability in the world. And that really is a factor of the fact that it is an umbrella for so many types of disability. And you say the main reason that fewer disabled people hold jobs involves a myth that employing people with disabilities is too complicated. What specific barriers do employers envision? Let's step back and ask a simple question back. Where did we really learn about disability? I always tell people, let's be real for a moment. We learned about disability from four sources, perhaps in the family home, where either we were whispering or, frankly, we were laughing. Perhaps it was the schoolyard, which as a person with disability, I am on the ADHD spectrum, I can assure you was not a friendly place. Perhaps we really got our information from a movie of the week where somebody lost their whole memory, when in fact that's incredibly rare, hence a movie of the week. Or perhaps they learnt it from CNN or one of our other news outlets. I don't mean to bash them while they're down, but the truth be told, they are only going to report on extreme cases. You don't hear them talking about the gentleman who lives with bipolar disorder, who's holding down two jobs, has three kids, and thank you very much, he's doing fine. What you hear about is the extraordinary rare cases, because that's what they do. So allowing for the fact that this is where we have learnt about disability, there is no disability 101 class at high school, junior high, anywhere, it's not surprising that we're here talking about myths 35 years after the Americans with Disabilities Act was passed. 
So with that, let me get right to your question, which is, you know, what's the deal? What's the big myths? The big myths are, if I don't see it and I don't get it, I'm going to avoid it. Not because I'm cruel, not because I'm insensitive, but because I'm unaware and I don't know and I would rather avoid than do wrong and therefore I choose avoid. And that's the biggest problem. And in fact, according to a 2018 study where there was only 20% of persons who do not live with disability were looking for jobs where it's 68% of persons with disabilities looking. So what we're talking about is a huge disparity in those that are willing and able to work. And I stand by the idea that it's because we have a belief system that it is difficult rather than just a little different when accommodating and welcoming persons with disabilities. You report that studies show disabled have less sick days and more loyalty to companies. Does that mean the inclusion of the disabled can make your company more profitable and perhaps with strong programs for inclusion, you can have better employee retention? That's absolutely the case. And there's just been studies. I mean, you can go back to 85 when EF DuPont was doing these kinds of diversity studies, and it's gone throughout North America. We're visiting with Tova Sherman, author of Win, 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 the 18 Inclusionisms You Need to Become a Disability Confident Employer. Tova, give us two of the top mistakes that managers make in leading teams of people with disabilities. If the leadership does not take training, understanding, and inclusion, seriously, nobody else will. Often I hear from middle managers or HR folks that, well, you know, the boss said do it, but, you know, I don't have time for this add-on stuff. That tells me that the leader has not made it part of their core messaging, but in fact considers it a tack-on. I was just reading a one wonderful article about onboarding persons with disabilities right till I got to the part where they talked about special accommodation. I like to remind employers, and this is one of the errors that they make, there's nothing special about equalizing the playing field. And going back to your previous question around statistically proven, the diversity and the creativity and the imagination and the innovation that we require in today's workplace. I mean, these are the key values moving forward. And all I'm saying is they're already there in persons with disabilities. And if you're not broadening your hiring pool by including persons with disabilities, and there's a number of ways to do that, then you're not doing your job. At least one factor seems true for the disabled. Higher levels of education lead to higher employment levels. But having a college degree does not really level the playing field for those with disabilities, does it? It absolutely does not, although it absolutely should. We have an issue, and that is we're not only missing the boat when we don't include persons with disabilities and those agencies that represent them in order to really grow our talent pool. But further to that, we're missing the boat again by simply not promoting the people with diverse backgrounds. There's too many companies using software, and that software puts keywords in that perhaps are more traditional than they should be and result in homogenous workplaces. Frankly, North American businesses cannot afford the homogenous workplace anymore. We need every angle we can get. We need every creative perspective and innovative approach. And if we don't have it, we're not at the next level. We're going to always be following. And what is your advice to a disabled person who is employed but feels left out of promotions because of disability? 
I'm not telling you to change a whole culture, but I'm telling everybody one thing. No matter what it is you cannot do, don't let it get in the way of what you can do. And that's a great question to reflect on that. Because the idea is maybe you can't change the whole culture, but maybe you can get a few people together and start doing something social with them and show them that just like everybody else, you know, there's this habit of people maybe not inviting the visually impaired person to go bowling. Well, they wouldn't want to do it. We don't know that. They could be a champion bowler. So it's important that we create opportunities from both sides, persons with disabilities and their coworkers. This isn't just a boss's responsibility. It's a cultural responsibility and it's a human responsibility. Are there resources for the disabled to challenge hiring decisions legally if a lawyer's fees are prohibitive? Well, the truth be told, the Americans with Disabilities Act has a number of provisos and places where you can do this, not being a lawyer, other than to say it is built in. But the best thing someone can honestly do is their homework. Don't go in there unless you've looked at what they're talking about. Are they truly inclusive of different communities? Or is it in the, like I like to say in the job ad, in an eight font at the bottom, Gina? when you've got to use those special glasses just to read it. That's not genuine desire to be inclusive. If you want to be disability confident, you have to determine that you are ready to be an ally. And an ally means that you are going to speak to that community just like you speak to everyone else. That means not using old job ads, not saying must have, but determining truly what it takes to do that job. Author Tova Sherman, thank you so much for joining today. Thank you, Gina. For InfoTrack, I'm Gina Tedesco. You're listening to InfoTrack, a production of Syndication Networks.